everyone. Thank you for tuning in. It's your girl, Yuri D, and I'm here with all the tea with... Maven Logic Lee. Okay, so, Logic. Is it okay that I call you Logic? Sure. How you doing today? I could, I could be better, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to talk with you guys. Ooh, sounds depressing. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't want to be But, um... Good vibes. <laughs> Um, okay, we see that creative work is displayed in many forms. Let's first sit a little tea on Maiden, logically the person. Okay, for those of, um, those in our audience who may not know, um, who may not yet know where are you from, how has the influence the diversity of your creative work? Okay, so the question is where am I from? From. And how has it influenced the diversity of your creative work? Okay. So I am originally from St. Louis. And I've lived in a lot of different places. Kansas City, Chicago, New Orleans, Detroit, Dallas. <laughs> um, somewhere else. I can't even remember. Oh, Philly. <laughs> so all of that has kind of contributed to me as a person, I've taken all of those experiences and kind of put them into, you know, my work, my philosophy, my thoughts, um, just experiencing different types of people. I, I can say the main thing that I've gotten from those experiences is communication skills. Um, I, there's literally endless ways to communicate, and I've learned that people communicate so differently depending on where you are and stuff like that. And so I kind of put that into my work. And I guess my work, you could say, is like um, advocacy or like, because I do so so much different shit. Like, so I, I'm sorry, can I curse? Um, but, you know, I do so many different things. So I, the main thing that I try to put in everything I do is clear communication. Sometimes it doesn't like come out as good as I want to, but. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, I answered the question. Okay. Well, that I mean, I mean that was your answer. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel like I didn't answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how did you how did you decide on the name Maven Logic Lee, and why the K in Logic? So. The name Logic was given to me. My original, my first, my first stage name. Whoa, whoa! This is. I'm sorry. I just hit something on my phone, y'all. I'm so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> we good? Okay. So, uh, my first stage name was Lyric, and I had to change it because I had like a god sister who was also like. We were like around the same age. I was a little bit older, but her, her stage name was Lyruk. And it was like too similar. So I had to change my name. And when I started going to these open mic poetry events, there were these guys that were there. I was basically the only openly like queer LGBTQ person in these spaces. And I would come and I would recite my poetry all the time. But also I would have like conversations with people and people were getting to know me and they and so they was just like, what's going to be your name? And so they was just like, you know what, bruh? You logic. So 
they gave me logic or whatever, because I was more of a poet than a singer at the time, even though I've been singing forever. But, but they gave me the name logic. And originally, logic was with a C. It was L-O-G-I-C. And so then, um, years went past, and I was like, oh, you know, a K just seems cuter. So I just, I just changed the C to a K. But then <laughs> I, I started walking ballroom, right? And people start calling my original ballroom name was Brooklyn. And that didn't work out. And so people start calling me Logic in the ballroom to me. So it started becoming a problem because Logic in the ballroom scene was kind of going with, like, with, with Logic the performer. And I didn't like it at the time. Like, I didn't like when you press my name into YouTube and like if you're looking for me to sing, you see me Ratchet a cat cat cheeky cat. Like, you know, people was like, Oh, you both you know what I'm saying? So even though like and at that time I wasn't as comfortable like trying to be a singer, I was really trying to be in the industry at that time, right? So like I wasn't sure how to like navigate through my sexuality. So before I could even have conversations sometimes with people like for a show or something or a gig, they were like, oh, you're gay. You know what I'm saying? Before they even like knew me or anything. But it was basically because they were able to go on YouTube and see a video of like me doing gay stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, I have to figure out something so that I'm not like crossing these two like whatever. And so what I decided to do was change my stage name. I kept my ballroom name as Logic, right? And I changed my stage name. Well, I had a bunch of different stage names, but I ultimately ended up settling with Maven Lee. Okay? I'm almost done. So, um, once I started doing that and I had Maven Lee over here and Logic over here, it was great. It was cool. But then people started reading me. They was like, girl, you're not going to have these five names. Like, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Because people that knew me in both scenes, just had an issue with like being specific so I just I got to the point where now where I'm like I'm saving logically I walk walls I sing I dance I do all of that these are all my names bam <laughs> and so that's it long but I tried to give you the full story okay so you are amazingly talented vocalist when did you start singing and who are your inspirations you don't have to name me first. You don't have to name me first. Ooh. Uh, I started singing when I was shoot, probably like five. Yeah, I was probably like five. I started singing professional. What, yeah, I started singing for real, for real when I was like 12, 11 or 12. So who's your inspiration? Um... Brandy, uh, Brandy is my number one. I love you, Brandy. Um, D'Angelo, Ella Fitzgerald, India Irie, uh, Lenny Kravitz, um, who else? B. Slade. People may not know who he is, but if you listen to gospel, uh, he's known as Tone. Um, Bilal. Um, yeah, those are my, oh, Tina Turner. I love you some Tina Turner and Prince. 
That's it. Those are my faves. Well, I got a lot of other faves, but those are my main ones. I'm so glad that you said Beyonce too. Yes. Oh, uh, let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> let's be very clear on this line that I did not say Beyonce <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's okay. Even though you didn't say it for this interview, we know that you love her. We don't. And we do know that when her project comes out, she's going to wipe brains clear off the net. So I'm trying to figure out if you want this interview to be over or <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> and, uh, I'm already traumatized by the fact that she's doing this, whatever she's doing the same day as Brandy. So I really don't want to talk about that. Okay, so can you tell us about any new music releases of yours? Any music of mine? Mm-hmm. Any new releases of yours? Mm-hmm. Any new releases? I, well, no, I re-released some stuff. So I actually, I had an EP that was out, and I took that down. Um, I didn't like it. I just thought it was terrible, and I was super critical of myself. So I was like, no, no. And, I mean, I decided to put some things out. So there there are some things on Apple and Spotify and all of that that folks can listen to. They're live recording, so um, not really a lot of studio work on them. They're just me singing with instruments, me singing with beats, raw. You might even hear like a little, ah, you know, <laughs> in there. But you get the fact that I'm singing. I'm singing down, you know. But there are definitely live records that you can go listen to on Apple and iTunes, Spotify, and all of that stuff. Um, but not that and I have a new project coming out very soon an EP coming out very soon okay so you're a choreographer and a dance instructor what styles of dance do you have a favorite style of dance I'm a what (laughs) okay so you're also a choreographer and dance instructor. What styles of dance? Am I a choreographer? <laughs> I have not. Listen, I don't know where that information came from. Fake news. Fake news. No, I'm just playing. I have. I haven't choreographed anything in years. Um, so I wouldn't call myself a choreographer. I, I and I, I wouldn't even call myself a dancer these days. I, I just. It's been years, almost ten years since I've. Um, done choreography and uh, actually danced on a on a major level but what but if i was what was your question again <laughs> so um what what what's the styles of dance that okay so specializing in or that you would instruct? right so when i was <laughs> when i was a dancer <laughs> um I was really good at um, jazz, and I was good at hip-hop. Those were my two main subjects. I was okay with ballet. I, I had a sickening toe touch that basically because, you know, I, you know, I was very stretched out um, in my young days, very stretchy in my young days, legs up, <laughs> very stretchy in my good old young days. So I could, you know, give you a good stretch. So I was good at oh, jazz yeah. and 
I was very good. But yeah, so jazz and hip hop, I was I was decent at no, I ain't gonna lie, I was okay I wasn't that great at half. But I was really good at jazz and hip hop. I also did a little of uh, West African for a minute. I would love to try that again, kinda get back into that. Um you know, so those were those were my main styles. So what's your favorite style? Ooh, my favorite style to watch is probably uh, African dancing. That's my favorite favorite style to watch. I also enjoy um, lyrical and interpretive dance. Um, so those are my two favorites. Okay, so you're a stage actor. What was your most memorable role? Y'all are pulling out stuff. <laughs> The stage actor, and, uh, when I was a stage actor, no. um, let me see. So I, it's been a while as well since I've done um, stage play. The last stage play I did, I think, was like in 2016 or 17, um, and it was it was in a play called Real Life. Um, you know what, I'm, that wasn't my favorite, so I'm not going to talk about that. My favorite was probably my biggest role, and that was playing Seymour um, in Little Shop of Horrors. Um, it, was, it was a lot, y'all, because first of all, I was black, and my school was very diverse, and I was Seymour, you know, and if you ever saw Little Shop of Horrors, Seymour was a little skinny white boy. You know, so for me to be playing Seymour, it was pretty dope. It was also like crazy because this this was in high school, by the way. So you know, this is not one of my professional productions in high school. Um, the the kids couldn't take it; like they could not take because I was a, I was new to the theater department, and they could not take the fact that I came in there and I just got that part. They were over it. So you know, and it, and I became a thespian like literally two plays later, and they just hated it. So anyway. That was my favorite part playing Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, so you're also a vocal coach? Yeah. With using your voice so much in singing, acting, podcasting, proper voice techniques is important. What is the one voice tip that you can share with our audience? The one voice tip that I can share with the audience. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to do is rift and run. I love to rift and run. I maybe too much. Um, so there is a beginning, a middle, and an end with running. And oftentimes, I find that people, you know, e e e e e, and they just kind of like. It's like a, they they missing a whole bunch in between, you know. They missing that ee, ee, uh, something like there's meat in the middle of that run, and you got to get you got to get that meat in the middle of the run, you know. So I would just tell people to really think about the the the, the beginning, the middle, and the end. That the run is not complete if you just kind of go, you know, here and there. You got to think about the stuff that's in between. It has to make sense. Um, yeah, so make your runs make sense. 
Could you give us um, a sample of what a good run would be? Not 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 like a diarrhea run, but give us some of that vocal run. Um. <laughs> uh, let me see. Almost. <clears throat> oh, oh. Ooh. Almost made you love me. Almost made you love me. Almost made you cry. Almost made you happy, baby. Deny, deny. I gave me like six. <laughs> So, um, tell us about your fitness work. How do you stay in shape and healthy? Um, so I work out every day. I love squats because I'm striving to have a bigger butt. Um, that is my goal. Uh, so I do, I do about 50 squats a day, um, and I do like this thing called right now because I, I'm like I'm so exhausted. COVID recovery, I can't really do too much, so I do like 30, 30, 30. I just call it the 30 workout, and so I do 30 jumping jacks, 30 sit-ups, 30 uh, push-ups, um, uh, 30 leg lifts, uh, 30 uh, like I, I do more than 30 squats, but I'll do 30 squats in there, like 30 jump-ups, just a lot of 30s, and um. Yeah, in the morning or like right before I go to bed. Okay, so tell us about the jukebox.org and tell us about Just Ballroom TV. Wow, yes, research. Okay, um, so so Jukebox is uh, this really funky website that I started this year. And I was super proud of it because um, I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time, and I kind of was neglecting it. And I actually, uh, this pandemic really gave me the space to do a lot of things that I've been meaning to do and wanting to do. And so the jukebox is, uh, it's firstly a blog, and I have uh, four other bloggers in addition to myself. They're not as active as I would like for them to be. Um, there's only like two and a half of us that are really active. So anybody that's listening, I'm looking for new bloggers. Um, so we do blogs, and you know, so we write and do blogs on different subjects: politics, music, art, uh, culture, everything. Um, we also do actual articles. So some of us really do journalism, um, and. There's also other stuff on the jukebox. So, like, I have the TQ Fund, which is uh, which is a part of the jukebox. It is a fund for um, LGBTQ plus people of color. And basically what it is is we give, like, emergency funds to folks that are in need. So, like, and that means emergency funds. And no questions asked, by the way. This is not one of those things where, oh, you have to fill out a paper and say, I'm going to do this. No, it's... Let's say you just need you just need five dollars. You you're on your last dime and you need to be on the bus and you need five dollars. And TQ Fund has it. Then we just cash that that to you, then more to you. However we can get that five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen to you is how we do it. And it's no questions asked. We're not here to judge what you need it for. It's, it's if you need this money and we have it, um, it's here for you. 
And so that's a part of Jukebox. You can locate that on Jukebox. Um, so that's Jukebox. Just Barroom TV is eventually going to be a part of Jukebox. I actually have been thinking about how to integrate that in. Um, Just Barroom TV started, uh, to try to be brief, um, I started doing tribute videos for legends and icons in the ballroom scene. And a lot of people started liking it. They started sharing thousands of shares and everybody was loving my tribute videos to different legends and icons. So that's how Just Ballroom TV started. And then I started doing like articles for different, you know, stuff. With, and so I'm kind of going to mesh that in with Jukebox so that I don't have a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I'm going to start going to balls and like recording them now. So now I'm going to go to balls, take pictures and record the balls. And that's going to be a part of uh, Jukebox, uh, ball. <laughs> just borrow TV. Um, yeah, so that's it. All right, so logic. Um, tell us a little about um that so amazing podcast. That was my regular favorite. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so amazing. Okay, so my podcast is I love Raven, as you can you know tell. And so that's so amazing is just a podcast about self care, self improvement. It is uh, most of it is a personal journey. So most of the time, I'm having conversations with myself and like you know the shit that I'm going through, how I'm feeling. And so um, I've noticed that for some people on Facebook, uh, Instagram, when I post stuff, and it's basically what's going you know what's going through my mind, and I found is a lot of people are inspired or somehow touched by my own, my personal experience, you know, when I share it on Facebook. And so um, I just translate that over to that so maven. And so, you know, when I'm having, during the week, I just take all of the stuff that I've thought about during the week and I share it on that so maven and um, for people to hear and hopefully it, you know, inspires them or, Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they're just like, this shit is boring. <laughs> and that's okay, too. Um, but, yeah, that's it. You know, I like that you say how much you love Raven because um, I think that you all characteristics are very similar, especially how Raven got Miss Little 3OW Child together without saying anything negative. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it just really reminds me of who you are at the core. <laughs> the meat of it all. <laughs> the meat. <laughs> yeah, we, I, you're right. Like, I literally, when I watch her, when I knew that she was, and this, I, I probably don't get in trouble. When I knew that we were, like, similar is when she made that comment on Oprah that everybody went crazy over when she was like, I'm not black. Or, like, I'm not African. And what did she say? Like, I'm not one of those. I'm not black or I'm not African-American. Everybody was like, well, what do you mean I'm American? It's like, what do you mean? And I understood exactly <laughs> what she meant when she said it. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I get, because I, I feel like, I feel like she's so misunderstood, you know, and I think that people don't understand when you live life through a certain lens, you don't see things the way that everybody else does. And it, it doesn't mean that it's, so when people see you or see what you say or, or hear what you say, they're only look they're looking at it through their like lens of life. And with Raven, she was raised on TV. 
you know, she was raised on the Cosby show, you know, she was raised in Hollywood, you know, and so her whole lens on life is so different. And and in some ways it's so pure. It's like so it's it's so like pure and it's so like and I feel like she's just now understanding that the world is fucked up. I feel like as Raven got older, she started to realize that the world is like fucked up. You know what I'm saying? When she started realizing that I like women and I can't say that out loud, she started realizing that the world is like not a television show. You know what I'm saying? And and with me, I grew up in like I was telling you I started singing when I was five. Um, I was in like a, a the church choir, but I was also in this choir called the YMCA Boys Choir. And we were, I mean, we toured, we sung with the symphonies. We were like in, in my city of St. Louis, we were like the premier choir, you know, to sing with orchestras and symphonies and, you know, classical music. And so rehearsal was every, every other day. It was reading music. It was, you know, so my life was completely uh, spent between church and this choir. And then when I started to do dance classes, dance classes. And my grandmother said, oh, no, baby, you can't get these. So I had to, I, I was like very schooled, church, choir, singing all the time. So my life was consumed with that. So I never really had a childhood other than like music and school and being with other grown adults. So I kind of feel, you know, very similar to Raven in that sense of, you know, my whole lens of life was, you know, anyway, I don't want to go off of it. Okay, so <laughs> HIV queer advocate. Aaron was just talking with the friend about Brad B's character on Noah's Ark throwing up in a trash can after getting his HIV results. In this short amount of time between then and now, HIV medicine has had some great advances. What is the best advice that you can give a newly diagnosed person? Continue doing the things that you love. Um, yeah, if you like singing, keep singing, baby. If you like dancing, keep dancing. Um, and it's okay to cry. And it's like, okay to be emotional. Like, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to like, that's okay. Um, and everything that you feel is valid. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like it's so different for everybody, and, and yeah. That's it. So, what advice would you give someone who finds out they are negative? <laughs> um, child, okay, girl, you, <laughs> keep, keep, you know, I guess. They say, you know, <laughs> they say, sis, I don't know, you know, uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I would just say stay safe, um, whatever that means, because what is safety? Um, yeah. 
So what advice would you give a Sarah Discordant um couple? Um I would just I <laughs> I guess I would just say um continue to be protected to, to be protective or or I guess um how do I put this? Just communicate with each other. Just communicate with each other. I mean, just basically, just just have communication and um, have those discussions on like what sex looks like for y'all, what is okay, what's not okay, um, because it's different for everybody. And I'm not here to say what you should and shouldn't do in your relationship. So just have conversations. Okay, and of all that you do, what is the hardest thing? Ballroom. Why is that? Ballroom, and I, I, I try to be really careful when I'm talking about this because I think some people might get the impression that I am a bad mouthing ballroom or or trying to bring ballroom down when I share this. And I have to be okay with my truth and also not give a fuck. Um, how people interpret what I say because what I say is valid. Um, I, 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 ballroom has been very toxic uh, for me, and I sense that it's been very toxic for a lot of people that I know. You were going to say something? I'm stripping you of your title. Thank you. Next question. Honey. <laughs> 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 That's fine, girl. Take it. <laughs> Take it. We're just gonna say Mavin logically. We are not gonna say legendary anymore. And we are removing you from the legendary um footage. Yes, we are. We seen <laughs> one post and we're removing you from the footage. All I do. <laughs> okay, so um but what is your most enjoyable thing? So far, it's been. Uh, I'm just gonna go and say singing. I can see that. Okay, in this great big world, equipped with all of your talent and skill, what is next for Mavin Logic Lee? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I know what immediately next is. I'm. New York, and I am trucking it to. So um, that's a new experience, you know. I may, I may get a speaking role on like <laughs> as an extra, <laughs> and you know, an actual speaking extra role this time on something. So yeah. Okay, and if you had all the money and power necessary. What would you do to change um, that? To do to change that you feel most would benefit the LGBT plus community. I would employ people. Just as simple as that. I I I feel like I feel like there are a lot of. I would just employ the girl. Give a girl a job. You know. <laughs> But also, but also make sure that you're 
Yeah, I would just insulate the girls and give them jobs. Make sure they're accountable, though. It's not be, you know, oh, well, you're my girlfriend, so you get off easy. Like, everything is legit, professional. But just give opportunities. Because oftentimes, I aren't there. So, yeah. Okay. Ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what am I living for in detail. Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the things I want to live for. Quote Thomas Morton. Merton. Ooh, ooh. Um, the actual question is, what is your goal in life and what is slowing you from achieving that goal? My goal in life to my goal is to find my goal. <laughs> I don't know. You know, my goal. Listen, I am still yet learning my because uh, when you live life so long bondage and and chained um believing that you're free you you start to forget you know your your true identity and so like now i'm at the point in my life where i'm like taking off a lot of chains and 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 breaking down a lot of walls and barriers and i'm like really embracing my freedom and that is opening me up in so many ways my personality um, my character, things that I want to do, that they're coming into fruition. You know, I'm I'm doing a lot that I that I should have did a long time ago, but and I'm only able to do that now because I feel so free and empowered and confident because I, I really wasn't confident in myself for a very long time. And so um, to kind of be at this space where um, I like know that I'm worthy and valuable. Um, that was the goal, honestly, to reach. And so, now that I've reached that goal, now I'm like, shit. You know what I'm saying? What ain't I do? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm just happy. Like, I'm just happy to be in this space of like to say I'm valuable. In, you know, that means something to me. So, what is your Something you never shared on media before. Something you're willing to share, of course. But I mean, I'm pushing the envelope a little further. Okay, push it a little further, cause I, um, I mean, something you wouldn't dare put on social media. Well, I mean, I share. Uh, um, every words that you was cringing at, I want that. <laughs> <laughs>
and I'm going to say why. Um, because, so, so my, one of my first great children, he's going to kill me for like this, before he became my gay child, and this is going to open up a whole camp, but we met on like gay chat, which is like a chat line, right? And um, we were actually with the intention to like, you know, and like talk. And we, I mean, we actually kind of had like moments, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was like, that was the intention. And then somehow it, it shifted. Maybe he didn't like me, I don't know. But we never ended up getting like that. But there was instantly a bond and connection that we had that was like, it was inseparable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, was, it was weird. I still kind of wanted to screw. You know what I'm saying? I don't know you know, um, and I mean, he, he did, but he was also so interested and invested in, like, me in space. And I was like, what do I, and at that time, I was young. Like, I was like two, three. And, and, and also, let's say this person was not that far. It never is, you know what I'm saying, with parents and gay children sometimes. They were never far away from me in age. So he was like two years younger than me, if, if that. And so I just was like, well, what do we, what do we do with this? Because I've always been the type of person that was like, I, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, because I don't like to feel uncomfortable. And, and, and people have made, people have told me, that, oh, that's selfish. And like, oh my God. But I'm trying, I feel like I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, no, I've been, oh my God. So you can be my gay dad. I'm like, I do not a good idea. So, um, and I said yes, and you know, they ended up being my gay child, and it was so awkward because I brought, like, I, that was my, like, we were like kids, we knew each other, and, like, we were just, we were so, it was really like best friends, and I felt like we could have, let's just call ourselves best friends. I would have preferred that rather than the gay, gay dad, gay, you know, child. And, and and after that, I ended up having several, maybe like two other gay children. I had three other gay children, so four gay kids. One was a lesbian, um, and then the other two were boys. And and the, all three of us boys, the guys, well, and I had a trans girl. All four of them were just uncomfortable dynamics because the trans girl, uh, the trans daughter that I had, she ended up somewhere liking me on down the line. Like, oh my god, like this is awkward. Um, and then another one that gay children was the boyfriend of uh, <laughs> of one of my other gay kids, but me and him had had in the past. So you know, but but he wanted to be, but he wanted to be my gay child. He wanted to be my gay child, and I was like, this is first of all, you you it's already weird because you. You know, and so it was just always weird. It was weird dynamic with gay kids. So I decided to drop all the gay kids. I said, I can't. Because I, I never wanted to be, the reason why is because I, I don't want the gay parents to be autistic or to be, like, problematic. You know what I'm saying? But I, and I understood that this is, this is, I don't like it. And I don't want to be, right? you read me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I was like, I can't have gay kids. I can't. So I just, you know, and some of them are so mad at me. 
because they feel like, well, I don't, that's not fair, that's not fair. And I just kind of felt like, baby, I love you, but I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want uncomfortable dynamics like that. And I'm only still close to one of them. And to this day, we don't call each other gay, but that's, he's like, oh, you're my bitch, I love you, my bitch. Like, he calls me that. But, like, still, we talk about very, like, the stuff that we talk about, I just feel like, this is like, what are we, you know, it's just weird. It's just weird. And so, that's my stuff that I don't talk about. Because people ask me all the time why I kids. Because you would think that I would be someone to have a ton of gay kids. Because people are always asking me for, like, advice. And, you know, and I still end up being a parental figure to kids. But I just don't get that title. Let me be a friend, a mentor, a helper, or whatever. But I don't want to be a gay parent, baby. <laughs> Catch that, Aaron. <laughs> Do not include that. Take oh, that yes. Off. Oh, yes. 
Okay, so at this point, that is all the tea with Maiden Lee. Um, Tell our audience where they can find you. Maiden No social media handles you would like to share? You may access all of my social media handles from maidenlogically.com. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all for tuning in. And it's your girl, Yuri G. I'm here with all the tea with Nathan Logic Lee. Make sure y'all tune in, tune in, tune in. He's here with us all week. And like, comment, and subscribe. And if you would like to get to know more about him, his DM is wide open. He has been stretched out for the mess. <laughs> all right. <laughs>